This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. There's only one other time that I can confidently say that we have recorded that our Lord marveled or wondered at something. That account is found in Matthew chapter 8, verse 10, and Luke chapter 7, verse 9. There, Jesus marveled at the faith of Centurion, declaring that he had not seen such a great faith in all of Israel. This was the man who begged Jesus to heal his servant and had faith that Jesus could just say it and it would be done. That faith caused Jesus to marvel too, but at something very different than this situation. I mean, this marveling, it was very different. And this account comes from Mark chapter six, verse one through six. He went from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Well, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Hosus, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. I expect that you read this before and are familiar with this account in Jesus's life. Now, granted, he had been gone for, from home for a long while. And truth be told, a lot had happened and they knew about it. I mean, he performed miracles. He calmed the sea in a storm. He'd healed sick and made the lame whole. A woman had been healed just by touching the hem of his garment. And he had raised a little girl from the dead. All of that had happened before he came home. Before he came home to preach in his hometown, where he marveled, and other translations correctly translate, wondered at their unbelief. Can you imagine? Can you imagine him showing up in the synagogue, standing up and preaching? And it's true, they were astonished. The Holy Spirit reveals that to us. But they were astonished, not in a good way. Not the same way that others listen so intently, hanging on every word from our master, listening for wisdom, listening and, and hanging on to every word for hope. Nope. These people only saw the kid that lived down the street, a carpenter, the son of Mary, and a brother to these other guys. It's just mind-blowing, isn't it? Or maybe it isn't. It isn't so hard to believe, I guess, that, that we hold onto memories and situations that trap people, define them, define who someone is, and are based on where they're from, who their family is, maybe memories that happened just so many years ago. See, for me, it was 20 yards of pink lace, that story, and others same ones always that came up wherever there was a family holiday or anytime the family was together. 
My mother loved telling the story of how she sewed all of my clothes when I was a baby. And in particular, she made a pink dress when I was three. She showed she sewed 20 yards of lace on it. Now, honestly, if you have a picture in your mind of a little girl basically in a puffed ball of pink lace, that's my picture too. I don't think it was 20 yards because I never found a picture of that dress. But I'm sure it was a lot of lace because all of my dresses and clothes had lace, lots of it. And that little girl in that lace dress and later on puff paint sweatshirts, all pink one, lots of pink. And all of that was harmless, sort of, except that and maybe you had the same kind of experience. I was always that little girl in the pink lace dress. I was always that little girl that defined me. And I know that that's harmless and it's a lot of fun to think about. I get it. But sometimes for different things, it just isn't harmless, you know. For those of us who only see others through the lenses of who others were, what they did, and we marvel in unbelief of what they do and who they've become, who they are now. I am always and forever marveling and in wonder and amazement of who God chose to move forward his plan of redemption. You can see it in the genealogy of Christ in Matthew chapter 1. Tamar, who, although righteous, tricked her father-in-law by pretending to be a prostitute to make him fulfill his obligation to her as a widow and became pregnant. Genesis chapter 38. Or what about Rahab, the prostitute who saved the spies, Joshua chapter 2, and became a part of Christ's genealogy? Or Ruth, a Moabitess, Ruth chapter 1, who became the grandmother of David? Or Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite, who committed adultery with David, 2 Samuel chapter 11 and 12. What do you think about their past? What do you think about their families or their professions? Kind of makes you marvel, doesn't it? Kind of makes you wonder. When we're faced with the kindness and mercy and forgiveness of our Lord, our Savior, who, when he went home, to bring the message of salvation to people who, who knew him the best, who watched him grow up. It kind of makes you marvel that they didn't see him. And it makes me consider that maybe we're missing something sometimes, only seeing 20 yards of pink lace or whatever, you know, missing who people are now. And we are missing the opportunity to see them what they can do and to marvel and to wonder in a good way. And it is for this that I bow my knees today. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.